Hello everybody, welcome to this Drum Network podcast, which this week is all about NFTs. Based purely on the amount of pitches we get in our inboxes every single week, we know that NFTs are still part and parcel of any upcoming agency's plans. Brands are engaging with NFTs in a way that adds utility in addition to that collectible factor, and we know that there is so much yet to be explored within this space. But at the same time, we do have to acknowledge and grapple with the fact that there has been an NFT crash and that some of the underlying structures are yet to mature. And as a result, a lot of brands don't yet know exactly how to deal with them. But in order to grapple with all those questions, I'm joined by three fantastic guests who I'm going to ask to introduce themselves now. Hi there. Uh, my name is Anne Greenberg, and I'm a senior consultant at Frog, which is part of Capgemini Invent. And what Frog does is we are a consultancy, and we kind of span across all of um, the uh, digital end-to-end space where we combine strategy, technology, data sciences, and creative design expertise within an individual mindset. And we partner with our clients to innovate and transform their businesses and help them navigate today while plotting a course for the future. Very nice. And it's going to be a very future-facing discussion today, I think. So that's perfect. Exactly. And Cindy, could I get you to give a quick explanation of who you are and what you do? Sure. So hi, everyone. My name is Cindy New. Um, I'm a brand marketing consultant at Known, um, which is a fully integrated marketing agency that provides um, end-to-end research, strategy, media, and creative capabilities for our clients. So we consult for clients who are both native to the Web3 space, um, as well as some of the biggest brands today in entertainment, tech, and fashion who are actively trying to understand sort of what NFTs can mean for them right now and in the future. Fantastic. And Scott, returning face, uh, could you do a quick introduction again to who you are and what you do? Thanks. Of course, Chris. Great to be with uh, you, Chris, Anne, and Cindy as well. My name is Scott Cullither. I'm the president and the chief executive officer of the Invent Group. Um, We call ourselves a global brand story project because that's what we are. Um, We have a holding company, nine offices, six different countries focused on brand strategy. Uh, culture and performance, uh, digital content, uh, um, experiential, and of course, Web3 and digital first is the next great frontier of storytelling. And our agency is all about helping brands bring stories uh, to life in a meaningful and relevant way. Of course. Yeah. And absolutely. you were talking there about storytelling. And I know that just in the last week or two, I've seen a couple of uh, Web3 projects launched, which are all about collaborative storytelling, actually getting the consumer to buy into a product, which allows them to work with creatives directly. But the fact that, that happened in the last week, I think, speaks to how fast this space is moving. So before we discuss what's happening now, it will almost certainly be out of date by the time this podcast goes out next week. But before we get <laughs> into that, I wondered if we could maybe go around and explain what we think are some of the best branded NFTs or the ways that brands are interacting with NFTs that we've seen. And Cindy, it sounds like from your expertise, you have sort of uh, some examples queued up. Yeah, absolutely. So I I think it's an interesting question that um, has different answers depending on how we define success, you know, whether we're looking at it from a monetary standpoint, a level of engagement or something a bit more intangible, like brand love or brand loyalty. Um, I do think one brand who's doing a great job on multiple fronts is Adidas um, for a couple of reasons. Like they're, for those who don't know, they're into the metaverse NFT collection, you know, sold out very quickly, generated like I think $43 million in sales. Um, but they collaborated with really top tier Web3 content brands um, like the Board Apes, G Money, Punks Comics, which helped them establish credibility in that space, um, but also delivered like actual utility to the NFT holders through things like access to exclusive merchandise for a year, 
um, digital wearables, the ability to help shape the future of that project. So I think they've, you know, the way they've done it is a really thoughtful extension of the Adidas brand. Um, and yeah, and I think it represents a shift in the way that they're engaging with their audiences where, you know, they're really trying to give them a stake in the brands um, and deepen that relationship. It's so interesting that we've seen so many of the sports brands have been the ones that really got to grips with Web3 faster than everybody else. You know, we saw Nike launch Nike Land as well. Just mm-hmm. what, 7 million people within the first month. Like fantastic demonstration of what is possible that way. But and what would mm-hmm. you say are some of those, you know, talking about, Cindy was talking about those different definitions of success there. Who do you think is doing it yeah. really, really well at the moment? Yeah, so exactly to kind of what Cindy had said about it depends on what you are defining as a success. So um, some of my top ones are first being Taco Bell. I think this one, you know, they really leaned into kind of this um, this excitement around NFTs by creating these um, NFTs around tacos, which I think just the concept itself is hilarious, but they were able to generate a ton of money. I think one of them, they had about 25 NFTs that they were um, auctioning off. One of them generated 180K. Um, and again, these are ever kind of growing because again, it's auction based, so they continue to sell. Um, but I really like that because again, they're leaning into, um, this excitement and they also uh, gave out $500 gift cards to go to Taco Bell. So they really leaned into their fan base and loyalty. Another one that I thought that was, um, not necessarily from a monetary perspective, but just hilarious is Charmin. Mm. So they created an NFTP, a non-fungible toilet paper, again. Hilarious. Just, just really wonderful. <laughs> leaning into this excitement of NFTs and just creating buzz. But then my last one, um, and this is fairly recent, is um Ferragamo, uh, excuse me, Salvador Ferragamo, a fashion designer. So they just uh released a Soho concept um store um in New York City, and essentially they have an in-store NFT creation. So they partnered with um a collab uh a designer called Sphinx or Sphinx Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Thank you. And um, essentially uh, they, you can create NFTs in real time and have your own um, NFT. But the thing that I think that's really interesting about this is one, they're really making their store super technology, um, technology advanced. And also, you know, this is a way to generate kind of more first party engagement. So you can get access to these emails. So this is how some brands are really kind of diving into this NFT space of, you know, they're giving these NFTs, but then they can get, you know, first party data back in the form of an email respondent or, you know, additional contact information. You've, you've queued up so much there of what we're going to be talking about, which is that sort of what it offers to brands beyond just, you know, selling something. But we'll, we'll come Absolutely. back to that in a little bit, I think. But Scott, you know, Anne was talking there about linking NFTs to real world physical products. We've seen, you know, Glenn Fiddick has launched uh, NFTs tied to some of its most exclusive bottles. And I'm telling on myself a little bit there because I always bring whiskey up on this podcast for for some reason. But what would for you say? <laughs> <laughs> but what would you say then, Scott, are some of the, the, the examples of brands doing NFTs well, the best? I think it's really interesting because I, I I agree with uh, what both both uh, Ann and Cindy said, but I also I think that we should look at this evolution in two ways. Uh, uh, so you have the traditional commercial brands, right? And then you have personal brands. So I think some of the best commercial brands that are in the NFT space right now, like Gucci, whatever they do is amazing, right? So the, the Aria launch that they did was incredible. Um, it was a curated sale that, uh, you know, w- was around the Lady uh, Phoenix um, and, and really, really uh, well done. 
it wasn't a moneymaker for them. I think they raised like, I don't know, 30,000 bucks, but it was a marketing play for them, right? They wanted, they wanted, they want to go after the millennials and gens, the, the generation that, that uh, in the demographic that all these brands want to go after. I think Coca-Cola is another amazing one. Uh, they just did the friendship loot box. So they, they took that traditional, you know, monthly box thing and turned it into an NFT delivery. Super, super incredible, incredible. It raised money. Uh, and there was a charitable uh, nonprofit piece to it. I think if you look at other brands, uh, we were involved with uh, Lamborghini on an NFT drop. And I think that it was very successful uh, because we de designed and developed with them an authentic message that went along with these. We talked, you guys mentioned collaboration. There was a collab between Steve Aoki, Krista Kim, Lamborghini. Amazing, right? And then I think if you go to the personal brand side of it, you can't not talk about this without mentioning Pocker people, you know, and if you think about brands as a, um, as a uh, holistic thing, you've got to look at com traditional commercial brands and personal brands. And I think Pock and people are amongst the best. And I would throw mad dog Jones in there too. Those, the, those three artists are truly delivering in this web three space to enhance their personal brands. You've you've all brought up examples there from across the kind of the spectrum of NFTs currently, um, and I think there's so much there that we can we can pick up on as we go forward. But one thing that we do need to mention right at the start of the discussion is that we're recording this right at a time of huge instability for NFTs and sort of crypto more widely. And it's interesting, Scott, that you brought up Lamborghini because last month I think it was Chevy launched an NFT that was tied to kind of the the first rollout of one of their new uh, models of car, and there were no takers for that. So yeah, that, that is the, that was the Corvette. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's sort of really interesting to see where people are succeeding and where that instability is affecting what brands do. But what then do we, what advice should we be giving to brands? Is it to kind of cool their heels when it goes to going all in on this? Or are we just seeing this as a fluctuation in kind of the market and that there is still a lot that NFTs can offer? And you were sort of nodding vigorously along to, to some of the question there. So I wonder if we could begin with you. <laughs> Yeah, of course. I mean, I think in terms of just the economy right now and inflation, there's just so much instability and, um, you know, a lot of people are kind of holding their dollars close to themselves. So in the sense that a brand would put an NFT out to make a profit, I don't necessarily think that's the, the focus that they should be uh, leaning towards at the moment, given that uncertainty. What I think brands should be looking at is more about how can they leverage NFTs to drive that brand awareness, that loyalty, that consideration, all of those kind of key brand metrics instead of um, you know, completely focusing on making that um, end profit at the end of the day. And again, you know, a lot of the examples that I had brought up, some of them didn't really make that much money. And again, a lot of it too, many of the the profits that these brands do take, they donate back to charities anyway. Mm. And so if they have this play on NFTs where it's purely focusing on driving that awareness, really kind of leaning into this excitement, I think that's where we should be focusing on now versus really kind of focusing on NFTs to generate that additional profit long-term. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that, Anne. And I think that the brands that are going to win this are the brands that are in this not for the money, but they're in this for uh, consumer and engagement and brand loyalty, right? And you know, when we, we're marketers, 
and we, we we're storytellers. And so when you talk about the next great frontier, this is the op, this is an opportunity for brands to to take the next step to create meaningful and relevant stories that are going to engage their most important communities around the world, regardless of whether they actually make money on it or not. And there are so many brands that are in this for the right reason, which is they just want to engage consumers. They want to engage their communities in a way that's meaningful and relevant. It's it's fascinating you say that as well because I you know you, you and you mentioned that that so, so many of the ones that have done NFTs and got huge uh, returns on that are the ones that have then donated that to charity. And we've seen that with some media mm. brands as well in the in the UK with the Economist did it. We've seen the FT do it as well. Um, so Cindy, is is I suppose the focus at the moment is that about community building and as Scott mentioned, sort of shared storytelling around NFTs, really building something collaboratively. Yes, I think all of that. Um, I definitely agree with both Scott and Anne that, yeah, during this time, you know, it's more important than ever that brands, rather than viewing NFTs as these instruments of speculation, um, actually think about the utility they're giving to audiences. I think that could absolutely be something like, I guess one way to think about that actually is, you know, tangible utility. So whether that's physical products and goods, uh, but it could also be like social utility. And that's where things like community um, or status or even bragging rights can come into play. Uh, I think for a lot of brands, particularly in you know the luxury space or the streetwear space, like the lore and the storytelling around their products really matter to their audiences. Um, so yes, I think leaning into those dimensions will be really key here. Um, and I also think that because there is a lot of skepticism and fear in this space right now, um, it's also important that brands are communicating why they're doing this um, and really making it clear that it isn't a cash grab and that it is for the service of their their brand story, um, the, ev- the evolution of their brand uh, and the relationships with their audiences. And I think that will help them stay um, yeah, true to themselves. Yeah, 100%. I, cou- I couldn't agree more. And, and, you know, if you think about like where Web3 is going and who it's, who's developing it and evolving it, it's this millennial, millennial and gen generation, or, and they want one thing more than anything else, and that's a level of authenticity. Hmm. And I think you're exactly right, Cindy, on that point. You know, if, if you're not communicating authentically to this group of people in the world, which, by the way, is the largest population in the world right now, then you're not going to succeed. I think that's the case for any kind of um, initiative that a brand takes. It has to be authentic. So, you know, a few years back, it was AR and and virtual reality. And so brands were jumping on that. You can tell which ones succeeded and what and one the ones that have not uh, because of their authenticity. So I think this is kind of a, a, a larger initiative, the NFTs, but it's it's something similar in that space of trying something new. And, and the ones that succeed are the ones that uh, stay true to themselves themselves. I feel like a broken record because every time I talk about NFTs, I bring up uh, Team 17, which the you know, gaming brand tried to launch NFTs and they did it without a very clear message beyond, you know, help us make money. So I think it's interesting that you, you spoke there about it being, you know, miscommunicated almost. Uh, and that the brands who are doing this well are the ones who can actually say, well, look, we are offering utility or we're offering community or something else beyond just, it's a revenue play for us. So to what 
extent then do you think that that utility play is relevant to all sectors and verticals or are there some sectors that you think do utility really really well scott mentioned coke before and i know that that's their big drive for that is to in in partnership with the virtue agency they they partnered with to um to come up with their nfts they wanted to push utility as well but do you think that there is you know, is it luxury goods that have utility beyond, and that can't be extended anywhere else? Or do you think that it is something that could be applied to any NFT? Alfa Romeo, they had um, leveraged NFTs and what they did was very interesting. So they basically are using NFTs as a digital certificate so that you can basically, the NFT will update um, with a record of your vehicle data. So whenever you get a tune-up or its service, that's tracked within that NFT. And I think that's something that instead of just um, a a rewards-based, this is really that going to add longevity and a purpose for that individual NFT. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I similar to Anne agree that this can be, and by the way, I've loved your examples so far and how diverse these industries are. Um, <laughs> it just shows that it really can apply to any vertical. And I think the key questions, you know, number one, as we've been saying, like, what is the brand goal that they're trying to achieve? But number two, what are the existing behaviors within their audience communities that they can tap into and almost like build on top of with NFTs? So I think an amazing example of this is NBA Topshop, um, which is, you know, one of the OG uh, NFT projects, um, which, and it's like truly incredible how popular it has become. It's a household name. I think they recently passed like $1 billion in sales. They've had over a million users. And I think what's so smart about it is that it already taps into behaviors within um, the, you know, NBA and sports communities of collecting uh, trading cards, um, you know, putting together video compilations and just gamifying it in a way that amplifies those behaviors. Um, I think another really cool example is I think music has a lot of interesting um, learnings as well. And you know, one example that comes to mind is Avenged Sevenfold, their Death Bats fan club, uh, which is basically like a premium fan club for Avenged Sevenfold uh, super fans. But yeah, it gives them access to things like lifetime, you know, uh, free tickets or limited edition merchandise. Um, so I, I really think there's like endless possibilities. And so long as it is tapping into these more specific behaviors within these spaces. I, I love yeah. that. And look, I think I think the industry sectors is almost endless, endless. You can go gaming, character skins, you know, unlocking lands and items, real estate, purchasing, renting, property tours, shopping, e-com, you know, complete and total IP because you you can now get rid of the knockoffs. Loyalty and rewards, fashion, automobiles, sports, art and culture, music. You just said that, uh, uh, Cindy. Uh, science. Who would think of science with NFTs? But patient data harnessing with NFTs is super cool. Biomedical, human data harnessing, and also higher ed. Degrees, tours, uh, certification, diplomas, milestones, on and on and on and on and on the world is going to change dramatically. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just, I mean, to answer the question then, yes, <laughs> any vertical <laughs> and sector can use this. And sorry, it looked like you were going to say something. I was going to say as well, the one thing that um, we didn't talk about was the market research aspect of it all as well. So there are brands, especially in the food and beverage industry, they're coming up with these NFTs and releasing them almost as a as a test to see what flavors, what products will be of interest to their audience. I think 
that's fantastic. And also can, you know, in, in a sense, maybe be a little bit cheaper than just standard uh, market research. And it really drives that engagement at the same time. So there are so many facets to um, what brands can capitalize on by leveraging these NFTs. Yeah, the, the insights that, that you can get out of this, you're, you're exactly right. Um, and the insights that you can get out of this are unparalleled, I think. It's it's fascinating to me as well that we've gone from a conversation in only you know a year a year and a bit we've gone from conversations where NFTs were seen as purely collectible to it then being used for market research you know for utility how fast do we think that this rather I was going to ask how fast is this space developing the answer is it's developing incredibly fast so to what extent oh, yeah. do you all think that brands are aware of what is possible beyond just those collectible items currently. Well, I'll, I'll jump in on that one. I, I don't think anybody actually really knows what's possible yet. Um, and what's interesting is brands are diving into this space as fast. I've been in the, in the Marcoms business for almost 40 years. Brands are diving into this space faster than I've ever seen before. And I would just say this is a marathon. It's not a race. And brands need to take their time, figure out the strategy, and then and then go in. And I, I think that there is a real opportunity for the organizations and companies that think through this properly and then in, enter into the space in meaningful ways. I agree. And, and to your point, Scott, too, and thinking about this strategy as well and not just jumping right in, I think the biggest elephant in the room, uh, in my perspective, is the whole sustainability mm. matter of NFTs because we know that they generate a lot, a lot of energy um, just to create one block in the chain, essentially. So um, especially when brands are thinking about NFTs, I think what they need to consider first, especially when they're aligning it to their strategy is, does this align with their sustainability goals from an overall business? Um, so, you know, thinking about it just straightforward, you know, they are putting, uh, they're creating an NFT, they're going to de uh, uh, deliver the proceeds to a cause. A sustainable cause. Okay. Does that contradict what the NFT is actually doing from a sustainable point of view? So those are the things that um, when they're thinking of diving into NFTs, they also have to consider there are now um, ways that NFTs are becoming more sustainable and to offset some of the energy that they're wasting. But that's definitely something that brands should be thinking about first and foremost before they're kind of diving into this trend and, um, uh, and because they could have a lot of backlash if they mm. do it incorrectly. I think that's so interesting. And it's actually given me the opportunity to circle back to a question I forgot to ask earlier, which is how then are we advising brands to sell their NFTs? As you mentioned, it has to be true to what their whole ethos is, but it also has to be you know, as sustainable as they would like to be. So Cindy, do you think that when brands are selling NFTs to their consumers, they're doing it in a way that sort of respects the consumer's knowledge of NFTs or lack thereof in a lot of cases? How are we going about marketing NFTs to the wider public? I think that's a great question. Um, and it has definitely varied from brand to brand. I think in the example of NBA Topshop, for instance, I think part of the reason why it was so successful was that 
it was extremely accessible for the everyday uh, consumer. And, you know, they, people didn't need a crypto wallet. Everything was directly translated into the local currency. Um, the interface was very well designed and, and uh, intuitive. So I think like that is a great example of the brand meeting people where they're at and not mm -hmm. require, requiring this sort of inside knowledge. Um, you know, on the flip side, I think a brand that does uh, deal in communities that kind of reward their members for being in the know and having cultural clout and sort of understanding the lore in these like taste communities um, might actually benefit from, you know, not having it be unaccessible, but um, yeah, like sort of speaking that insider language and leaning into like 10K profile picture projects or, um, you know, using roadmaps or using the kind of lingo that's a part of these communities. So. Yeah, so I don't know if that fully answers your question, but I think it definitely depends on who their audience is and whether, um, yeah, and I think that will tell them sort of the level of knowledge that they can approach this with. No, no, perfect. And thank you also for being the first person on the Drum Network podcast to use the word law, L-O-R-E. I love that. And also for the Avenged Sevenfold reference. I didn't expect that today. But then, so as we're sort of moving into, as we move into the tail end of the discussion, I wondered, you know, we've spoken there about what NFTs offer to brands and their audiences, but what should those savvy brands who are looking to really take advantage of this in the short, medium and long term be thinking about? Where should they be placing their chips? Scott, I wondered if you could maybe take that kind of short term strategy and obviously leap in and then Cindy when you want. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, so look, I think in the short term, uh, brands need to recognize again, like I just said earlier, this is, this is a marathon. It's not a race mm. and everybody is jumping in and there's so many bad examples of organizations that have jumped in because they don't have the right stat strategy and they don't understand it. They just, they're jumping in. Right. But, but I think that ultimately like I, I would suggest if, if, if it were me um, applying some of the traditional forms of Marcoms, you know, which, which, uh, which include focus, right? So brands need to focus on their strategy and their message. They need to have specific clarity around what that message is. There needs to be a certain amount of cadence, you know, is it too much, is it too little, et cetera. Um, th then there's the volume, you know, like how much messaging do you put into this, these NFTs? And then I think ultimately it's gotta be based in authenticity because if, you know, the, the communications through these web three initiatives, which include NFTs, you know, uh, blockchain, DAO, tokenomics, et cetera, if there's not a level of authenticity there uh, and they haven't developed the right strategy to focus mm -hmm. in on that authenticity, then, I think it's an uphill battle. It's it's fascinating, I think, because I, I interviewed the editor-in-chief of, um, or rather the kind of European editor for Vogue Business last week. And she said, you know what, we've seen, we have never seen interest like this in terms of kind of the Web3 space. And obviously NFTs are a big part of that. She was talking there about the metaverse and all this, you know, everything that's basically new over the past couple of years. But it's fascinating to me that when you're talking about it being a marathon, not a sprint, we have seen so many brands just go all in, presumably because mm -hmm. of the kind of the the um, relatively low barrier of entry of doing this as opposed to something like AR or VR as it was you know, a couple of years ago. But sorry, Cindy, I think I interrupted you there. Oh, no, actually, I think I interrupted you, but I wanted to chime in and, and um, definitely agree that with Scott um, in the sense that it is really important for brands to be really thoughtful in this approach. But I also think that 
there is a delicate balance, right? Because on the one hand, you want to be thoughtful. You don't want to kind of look foolish in this space or have it backfire. But also there is an advantage to being a first mover, particularly if you are a brand that prides itself on being you know, very cutting edge or at the forefront of culture. So I think if that applies to a brand, um, so long as they do have you know, a firm understanding of their audience's brand goals and sort of the real opportunity for getting involved in this space, um, and maybe I'll pose this as a question, like, is there a benefit to kind of getting out there and testing and learning, knowing that the landscape, as you mentioned, um, Chris, is, is changing so rapidly, like week to week. Um, but then I think the, the second point is um, to add on to what Scott was saying about being more thoughtful. I think in our experience at Known, we've also been seeing the same thing where clients are really, really eager to get involved, but too many times it feels like it's an afterthought. Mm. Um, and I think what I would love to see in the long term is for brands to be integrating this NFT strategy more like thoughtfully into their larger marketing strategy um, rather than being an afterthought and really making sure they have the infrastructure in place to invest in it being a success. You know, whether that is the community building, the partnerships, the merch drops, um, all that infrastructure is there. And Cindy, to your point on like that, the test and learn and learning and development, I think, you know, the brands that do it right, they typically have kind of a set budget set aside for the year to do that learning and development. So I think, you know, from what my point of view is with this NFT, I think that should be kind of funded within that bucket, that learning and development, test and learn mindset and really playing in the space. And then also Scott and also Cindy, too, to your point about the audiences, you know, NFTs are still so new and they are very specific to different audiences. So, mm -hmm. you know, from a proportion standpoint, men are more likely to kind of be collectors of NFTs versus females. So thinking about that, um, and especially how that ties back to your target audience on a brand side, and same with the um, the age. So millennials are more likely to collect um, NFTs versus Gen Z. Or so those are also things to consider when we, um, when, when brands are looking to kind of tap into this space. But I think overall, from a short, mid to long term, uh, to your point, Scott, it is a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, there needs, there is a lot of upfront costs. I think more in the kind of research and development and ensuring that they have the the brands have proper teams in place, lawyers in place, having that all of those um, individuals in place to ensure that it is meeting their strategy. And then I think midterm, you know, they start enacting it, they get that, you know, spike in the buzz. And then long term, that loyalty, that continuous awareness. Um, and and yeah, I think all of those air different facets of the journey they can tap into. But long term is where where it's at. Well, Nan, I, th I think you raise a really interesting point because, you know, the, the, the thing about large companies getting into this space, there's a lot of bad actors in this field. And mm -hmm. if they jump in and they're they're with the wrong partner or they don't have the right strategy or they're they're going into a DAO, but they haven't thought through the tokenomics, et cetera, et cetera there's nothing but downside. So what, you know, um, Cindy, to your, to your point about like getting in quick, absolutely need to, but like proceed with caution as you're jumping in, you know, cause there's a lot at stake right now, um, with respect to like, I'm in this game and I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think that you, it sounds like you're all advocating for uh, investment in this, in a sort of structural level both we, you know, within brands themselves to understand kind of the legal ramifications of this mm. and also to understand how they can do it with authenticity and most effectively. Do we think then that this is just something that is going to 
that potentially we've seen kind of the initial spikes of the market and and the use of NFTs. Maybe that's going to recede into the rearview mirror now as we do as the market does sort of stabilize and audiences become habituated to using NFTs for tangible things rather than just the collectible side of it? Or do we think that there's still a way to go before we can actually say, you know what, this market has stabilized and people know exactly what they're getting out of it? It's a big question. Yeah, it's a great question. That is a big question. (laughs) It's it's super volatile right now because it's new, right? Mm. So let's, let's go back to the 60s or 70s and, you know, make a comparison to pop art. Okay. I think there was a similar, like, scenario of events that happened warhol came out basquiat came out all those guys came out spiked way up all of a sudden it crashed and now they're the most collectible pieces of art on the world except for uh nfts so i think think, think history will repeat itself and i think that the market will stabilize uh and it, it, it it so you know for those that are brave and want to jump in now it's cool <laughs> I, I didn't expect to get a pop art analogy when we started this discussion but that was fantastic listen i think oh go on no i was just gonna say i wish we had a crystal ball to really predict the yeah. future because i think at this moment you know even with the metaverse and nfts alongside the metaverse we still don't even know how the metaverse is going to play out in the future right so i think there is still so much learning. Definitely it spiked during COVID times and the pandemic. I wonder how that will change now that we are opening up and things are, you know, hopefully looking up a little bit. Um, uh, But yeah, there is a lot of unknown. And um, I think we just kind of have to wait and see a little bit. But, you know, I think, you know, the best advice that we can give to brands is do your research, see if it aligns with your values, it aligns with your strategy, it aligns with your audience. And if it does, then kind of dive into it and, and, you know, move quickly, but to your point, Scott, with caution. So um, those are the kind of things I would recommend for, for now, given kind of still the unknown, but definitely look into it. Um, And I would just add, yeah, great points all around and just from a high level um, you know, looking at how the world is changing and how we're increasingly um, putting emphasis on our digital identities online and different ways to curate and craft that. So, so long as that keeps happening and NFTs become a bigger part of that, I think there will always be a growing space for them in our world. Perfect. Well, that is that is as optimistic a, a way as we could have possibly ended that discussion. But thank you so much for your insights there. That's really appreciated. And if, you know, as we head into the unknown, uh, if anybody wants to get in contact with any of you to bend your ear, maybe get some of your expertise, maybe talk to you about some work, where's the best place for them to do that? Scott, we've had you on before. Why don't you, uh, why don't you take us through again where people can find you? Right. So I'm Scott Cullither. Um, and Chris, thank you very much for having me. I'm the, I'm the president and the chief executive officer of the Invent Group. You can find me at Cullither, S-C-U-L-L-A-T-H-E-R, at invent, I-N-V-N-T, dot com. And Anne, where can people reach out to you? Yeah, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. It's Anne Greenberg, A-N-N-E, and then just Greenberg. And yeah, I would love to to continue this conversation. And also, Cindy and Scott, great to really speak with you. Really um, wonderful to get your your viewpoints. And I've learned a lot uh, in this discussion as well. And thank you, Chris, for moderating this and asking all the great questions. You are more than welcome. Yeah, anytime. <laughs> we'll have to get you back very shortly. And Cindy, where can people find you? Um, people can reach out to me at Cindy N. 
N as a Nancy, um, at known.is. That's K-N-O-W-N.is. Um, just echoing Anne and Scott. Yeah, this has been such a pleasure. So much fun. Um, I was taking notes on the side. And uh, yeah, really enjoyed this discussion with you all. Of course. I mean, absolute pleasure to talk. It's going to be a nightmare for me to edit because there's so much in there that I want to keep in. But thank you so much <laughs> for taking the time to have this conversation, Scott and Cindy. Really appreciate that. Thank you. And thank you to all the listeners as well. Please do stick around. Go to thedrum.com where we write about NFTs, crypto, Web3 and marketing more generally every single day of the week. But for now, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to my guests and goodbye.